This is a Pivotal Conversations podcast. Hey guys, I want to welcome you back to the Pivotal Conversations podcast. Damn, am I extremely excited for you to listen to this episode. Um, Last week I was lucky enough to sit down with Austin Current and myself and Austin, this was actually our first time meeting, um, so we had a bit of a chat beforehand and kind of, you know, the the podcast ended up eventuating. I actually clicked record without him knowing. (laughs) Um, I didn't because we were in it. We we started to actually dive deep into a few things. I was like, it's the perfect time to capture. So um, we had a bit of a laugh afterwards because he did notice at some point, which was, um, you know, lucky he's a good sport about it. But I'm extremely excited for you guys to listen to this episode because I think one of the things that we tried to do at the end of January is really start to bring you guys some of the bleeding edge uh, information and content that was going to help you um, become better business owners and run successful businesses and and then obviously what happened was the coronavirus and that and what and obviously what it started to do with to the economy and our hand was almost forced where we we felt like we had to and, and we really wanted to to offer as much value to business owners and try to help as many business owners get through this but not only get through this, but make sure that they come out the other side as a better business owner and what's actually going to get them success on the other side of this. So the reason I'm excited to bring you this episode is because I think this is going to be really refreshing. Um, We take a step back from business for a second and we start to talk about some of the other topics um, that are a little bit more left of center and a little bit more, they take a little bit more depth of thought and we look at how they actually integrate with business. So you know, some of the really cool takeaways here is we start, we talk a little bit about impact versus recognition and really the how they can affect the way you run your business and um, the difference between the two. Um, obviously, with social media um, playing a massive role in many businesses these days, it's really easy to get caught up in um, doing things for recognition rather than doing things for impact. And that's something that we dive really, really deep into. Um, and then obviously that leads us into the, the topic of authenticity, which um, again is just a, it's another topic that um, it, it, it's such a dynamic topic with authenticity because it's really only known by the individual, um, whether or not they're being authentic, but usually when authenticity um, hits the ground running, um, people grab onto that and they can feel that from an external standpoint. But that's something that we talk about. And then we we we, we take a massive uh, left-hand turn and start to dive deep into meditation and look at what it's done for both of us as individuals and how it's actually helped us become better, per, better people um, and better business owners as well. And so all around, really, really cool episode. I loved recording it. Um, I loved... Uh, chatting with Austin and riffing with Austin and um, I can assure you that there's probably going to be a bit more of that um, coming up uh, in in the near future. Um, But as always, guys, um, before we jump into the episode, what I want to do is I want to talk about Steel on the Walls, which is going to be launching tonight. Our first class commences at 7 p.m. Steel on the Walls is a three-week business training intensive that we've put together, which covers basically how to create stability in your business. Um, 
most personal trainers don't have don't reach their potential as a coach or as a business owner because they lack stability. They're always working from a point of fear um, and a point of stress. Um, so what what this intensive teaches you is how to create stability within your business so that you can really start to get on the offensive and get your offense to to really start um, reaching its potential um, and that's where your business can actually grow. Um, so we teach branding, cash flow and intelligence um, and this is going to be running, uh, it starts tonight and it'll be running every three weeks. Um, we haven't put an end date on it um, yet but it'll be running every three weeks continuously uh, so um, if it is something that interests you, if you want to become a better business owner, if you want to create stability in your business, um, so the things that were holding you back previously from growing your business aren't the things that hold you back in the future. Uh, and that's really important throughout this coronavirus pan- uh, pandemic um, that you, you start to get on the offensive and learn where you were making mistakes. But if it's something that interests you, head over to EliteVitalityMastery.net um, and you can look at our upcoming webinars and click through to it and you'll be able to register. And as always, guys, if you enjoy this episode, um, hit the subscribe button um, so that you can hear future episodes. And um, if you did get something out of it and you think it's got, if there's, you think there's some important topics that um, would benefit some of the people that you know in your network, um, give it a give the give the podcast a screenshot. Give myself and Austin a tag and Elite Vitality Mastery. Um, any support that is shown is much appreciated, guys. Uh, and more importantly. Uh, I hope you enjoyed the episode and I'll see you on the other side. Obviously there's just continuing education. You have to get every so many years and you have to keep up with that. Um, and they'll audit you and you know, you have to be sure you, you have your shit together. But that was just really interesting when I was over there or when, when my wife and I lived over there, cause I was, you know, I had, you know, I had my certifications, but I, I was asked by a few people like, you know, do you have your cert three and four? And, like dude i don't know what you're trying to say to me yeah 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 i have a degree i took four years to get i don't know i know you're trying to ask well that's that that's the tough thing about like our industry over here is like i almost think it's um you know this is kind of like reason why i started doing what i want what i'm doing like helping people in the business space because it's like the reality is is you got you know 90 percent of people who come into the industry have only done their cert three and four and then you want them to go be a small business owner yeah. in the fitness space when they have like the, the, the certifications suck, like yeah. they of suck. Course. Right. And it's like, well, there's yeah. this massive gap and it's like, well, yeah, it's just like, I don't know. It doesn't work. And I, I honestly think that post what, post coronavirus that might actually start to change a little bit. Like I, I feel like there's going to be some more regulation um, around the whole fitness space. Yeah. It's interesting where, um, so you got like Eric Helms and um, those guys putting that nutritional global mastermind together, um, which is pretty interesting from the standpoint. I just signed it. It was $99 for the year to get all their webinars for the year. And I was like, yeah, sure. Um, because I think they're, they're sort of trying to, I think they're sort of on a track kind of not in parallel with Martin McDonald's, but on the same track of what some of the headway Martin McDonald's making in the UK with 
you have to be a certified nutritionist basically to like be able to, you know, and have insurance and practice as a nutritionist or give people nutritional advice. And the way our government works is quite weird and it's, it's very state by state over here. So it, it, there's, there is federal law, but like it depends by state, like the state I'm from is kind of just changed their language to be even more vague um, compared to what it was. So now you technically can do some things, but you know, if you go look at someone like precision nutrition, who's a powerhouse and well globally, but powerhouse in Canada and the U S um, even they're super vague in terms of like what they tell you that your certification or your, um, basically what their certification allows you to do and all of that stuff. But I don't know. I don't know. I'm not quite sure. I think, I don't know if they're just trying to start a conversation around it because they've created quite an extensive panel uh, and council board. Um, the Who's on these conversations. Um, it's like, I'm honestly so, like, I'm, I'm kind of like, I'm at a stage now where I'm like, my focus is just in other areas. You know what I mean? Cause it's like, I don't, yeah. I don't stay up to date with that side anymore. Like it's like, cause, cause honestly, like I'm not going to teach like, I love, I love the science side of it and I, I dedicated my life for a very long time to that, but it's like, I'm never not me anymore. Like I don't coach people like that anymore. So it's like, you know, yeah. and I, it's not the, it's not the stuff that I do with anybody. So it's kind of like, I've kind of lost track of it all. So who, who's on the, on the panel, man. Um, let me, I think it's, so it's got like Eric Helms. It's got, um, it's got Joe, I can't never say his last name. Um, he goes by the diet doc. Uh, he's actually from the same uh, city that I'm from. Um, and which is pretty cool. It's, you know, just be to that little town to be represented like that. Mm. Um, and then like Eric Trexler and there's some other MDs yeah. and RDs and other PhDs, uh, Brian St. Pierre from Precision mm -hmm. Nutrition is on it. You just have, you know, just a kind of a, an entire, like a slew of people that are kind of this just collective council that's kind of sitting on the board. And I'm really interested, I guess why I jumped into it, um, you know, I still coach clients. Uh, that's my main income. And I'm also, I just turned in all my stuff today. Um, I'm looking at literally the notification that says your application has been submitted uh, for graduate school to get my master's. Um, so, uh, you know, I'm, I'm furthering along my education here. And so it's, it's one of those things that I'm very deep down the, the training and more applied, you know, biomechanics and applied anatomy. And, and it's just trying to figure out that landscape of things a lot more than I am nutrition. So I also have to be really careful to be sure that I don't completely slip up with nutrition because that's still a large component of my business is giving people nutritional advice and, you know, giving them macro sets and adjusting that relative to their, their training and all of that stuff. Right. And getting them to, mm. um, to progress. So I'm with this up with kind of with this global mastermind thing, it, it was a matter of like, and I've talked pretty extensively with my wife as far as how I view the, personal training space, especially in the U S 
Um, but globally, from the standpoint of like, I don't understand how there isn't more regulation around what we do um, and how I can have so much control over someone's everyday health and ev- someone's everyday decision, like even more so than their physician does from the standpoint of like, I'm training them, I'm doing their nutrition, I'm telling them how to set up like all this stuff. And as personal trainers, we don't go, th- we're not mandatory. It's not a mandatory thing to, to go through a, uh, um, like a, a residency or any of these things that like physicians and actual healthcare professionals other in other fields do. And I just mm. find it really interesting. So I think, um, I honestly think it's because if you look at, um, the amount of money that's in our industry compared to others, like mm. it, it, we're a, we're a, a drop in the ocean, if that makes sense. Like, and I mean, doesn't mean that I like we, we're, we're undervalued. Right. But, um, as an asset of what we could do from a society standpoint. But I also think that, um, like, honestly, man, like the whole world is run by money. Like, it's not like, let's not beat around the bush. It's kind of like the, what drives these kind of the, the regulation is, you know, how much money and how much the government actually cares about it. And it's like, you can just take a look at the numbers from, a you know, in Australia, in America, from a health standpoint and just say, well, it's pretty clear where people's priorities lie. Um, and it's also pretty clear that that's, that's a top down mentality. Like that's a, that's coming from the top, right? It's like the regulations, um, are a direct, um, reflection of the priority of, um, the government because clearly, right. It's like, no, if there was, if, if they care, there would be, um, they would want a higher standard, but I just don't think they do, but that's why it's up to us. Right. Like, I think that's why it is. That's why it's, it's great to see these panels getting put together because it's like, it's not going to happen from the top. It's, it's going to have to happen from an internal, um, I guess standard that that's created by, um, a range of different people, which is kind of like, you, you know, like I think, um, from my perspective, I think, um, I look at it more from a business owner's perspective. It's like, you know, there's a low standard of business owner in the health and fitness industry. Like, you know, um, and that, that's, that's like a, there's a fair chance from the the internal standard that that person holds as a business owner. Um, isn't, it's not going to be a direct reflection of what their standard is as a coach, because there's a lot of great coaches that aren't great business owners. But, um, I think most people who, um, especially as a, as kind of like a sole trader, like the, the people who, if, if they're just singular coaches and that's their business, like you can, if, if you've got enough depth there, you start to realize that there's a big correlation between your business um, and obviously how you coach. And if you can get both of those sides of the fence, right, then um, it's going to be a fulfilling journey. And it's also going to be one um, where you can probably start tapping into the, the highest version of yourself. Yeah. I, I would agree, man. And I, I think that infrastructure thing is, yeah, I think you're spot on there and it's going to have to come from the bottom. And I think that's what it's doing. Um, you know, I, I think there's these groups of individuals that are, you know, can have enough of a broad picture, big picture view of it and realize the impact that they could have, uh, on setting a standard within something that's fairly still in its infancy here, as far as other health professions, you know, like physicians and dentists and like those things have been around 
you know, a long time, right. Um, mm-hmm. throughout our history, but I mean, it, it's a pretty interesting thing that we do, uh, is as personal trainers, because this is also one of the only things that doesn't require a personal, tra- someone else to, to help you with. Like, and I think we're seeing that with, with the kind of the quarantines and lockdowns, it's like, one with how many, how much information's out there for free, like you don't need someone to necessarily do it. Obviously I think there's a huge benefit to having someone that, that knows you and can individualize things for you and knows you deeper um, on a personal level to, to really resonate and teach you a few things um, beyond just fitness. But as far as, as far as people needing personal trainers, like, they don't people can get up and move people can lift shit up on their own and do it progressively heavier over time and like people have made progress for you know throughout history without the need necessarily for as at least as many personal trainers as we have this is a massive rabbit hole man because like what we're starting to tap into now is kind of well that and and i forgot where i heard this quote but it's kind of like there's no like it's not a scarcity of information. It's a scarcity of desire or, or that want to change. Like, and it's the same. Like, I mean, honestly, like, like we get, we, we have like a, you know, we do a run a business kind of coaching program, right. Which offers education, um, purely education around science, business mindset, like, or the mind. That's kind of our three pillars. But the reality is, man, is that like we live in an inf- in in a society where you could go on YouTube and pretty much learn anything you wanted. Like that's the reality. Like, um, but again, even from a business owner's perspective, like wanting to grow your business, wanting to become a better coach, like you know, they don't need to sign up to our program. Like they don't need to do any of that. But the the problem isn't has nothing to do with the lack of information. It has to do with the lack of this desire. And and again, it's it's all stimulated through. Um, you know, where, where kind of Ben Pekulski is, he says it the best where, you know, where squirrels chasing a nut, right? Like, like that's the reality. And it's like, even I have to catch myself at times. It's like, you know, what am I actually doing? Like, am I, am I actually someone who can think deeply about things on a regular basis and look deeply into, you know, nearly every decision I make or, um, are they being dictated for me? And, And that's the reality. We're talking, I was talking about this with, um, you know, my housemate the other day and we were kind of talking about how, you know, that's what the, the, the phone, the, the iPhone is doing, right? Like it's, 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 it's driving, you know, this um, dopamine desire circuit with no control. Like it's like, it's just, it's, it's sending us down this rabbit hole um, where we, where we, you know, we don't even know sometimes that we're doing it. And it's like, you got to think about like, it's like the same as meditation, right? Like meditation has less to do with the the time you're in meditation and more to do with what it does outside of your life. Well, like that's not just, that doesn't just happen with good things, like with things that have a positive impact on your life that happens with the things that having a negative impact. Like, you know, if you're scrolling and this is again, why I said at the start, I'm not a big fan of social media. It's because, you know, I, I, I had to tackle with it for so long. Cause I'm like, what is this doing to me outside of the time I'm actually on social media? And, um, you know, that's, that's where we sit right now is that, you know, like people, and this is oh man, like this is our industry in a nutshell. People do are trying to do things for recognition. Like they, the, 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 the dopamine desire circuit is purely, um, 
sent is uh, putting people cha- or like making people chase this phantom of becoming the next influencer or the next person with the big following. And that's what people are trying to achieve. People are, are tying success with um, the recognition factor instead of the impact factor and the income factor. Like, you know, the reality is, is that I know plenty of people that are extremely successful and most of the people that I know that are the most successful, and I'm not talking from an income perspective, I'm talking from an impact perspective, don't have social media. Like my stepfather, like, you know, I I talk about him regularly, Kevin Ellis, but like, this is a guy that was in the army from age 16, was head of the English riot team, special ops, talks you know around australia does all like he talks for blue ribbon like does all these talks like amazing guy he's like got 38 followers on instagram it's like you know he just he spoke at the white house like fucking six months ago it's like like this is the kind of the where this is where we're at but it's like people aren't chasing that anymore they're not chasing impact they're chasing recognition and it's like it's a it's a phantom like it never actually gives you what you want to have it doesn't actually give you the feeling that you want to have because, you know, this is where you can get stuck chasing that nut. And that nut is that recognition. That nut is the following. And it's like the, the following is not the thing that matters. Like it's never the thing that matters. You know what it's I mean? How though? Yeah, and I know what you mean. Absolutely. And I'm on board with you. And I've, I know firsthand, I've gone through this from the standpoint of, so in my story socially from a social media perspective, um, was like actually when I lived in Australia in 2017, I moved to Australia with like 15,000 followers, maybe. Mm. So like, it was great. Like I was like, all right, cool. I have kind of an impact that I've grown through, um, through competing and kind of just putting out content and, and stuff like that. And then over the course of that year that we lived in Australia, I gained 200,000 followers in that time. And I've dwindled since, um, I could care less, but I've dwindled since from then. But like my peak, I had gained at the height of that, it was like 200,000 followers in 12 months. It's crazy. With 100,000 of those coming within the first three months. And it, it was absolutely wild but I'll be the first one to tell you, like, it was empty. It was, it was ridden with anxiety. Um, I had no idea what to do with it. Mm. I was not ready from a business standpoint uh, as a, I just, you know, we had our, we had our business up and running for uh, going on three years at this point, but we were part-time at it because we were, I had just like a month later or a month earlier to that point finished university like basically graduated university two weeks later got married two weeks later moved to australia like it was boom 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 (laughs) and it was one of those things where like we weren't ready from a business standpoint to to have that happen um and so like i was growing this following you know and you'd think like you just expect that wow this dude's just rolling in the dough yeah not the case i was not doing well still up to that point like even those first three months where i was gaining you know when i gained a hundred thousand people and uh that were paying attention to me and then looking at like impressions at that point i was reaching over 
I was reaching an average of one to 2 million people per week. And again, like that did not translate directly to dollars that translated to the broken, anxious ridden feedback loop. That is that dopamine response. And Mm. that feedback loop system of that chasing that nut that's right in front of you. Like I was getting, I was feeling that feedback. I was feeling that reward from what I was doing from like growing something like I was, um, you know, the, like waking up with two more thousand followers on a daily basis. It's like, it's, it's something you're just like, what is happening? I don't, I don't get this. Mm. And, but it was, I think at that point too, that I was so anxious to, I didn't know what to do with it. I was, I was attached to it. Cause I'm like, well, what I have to ride this wave, you know, I have to like, mm. you know, what happens if I stop, what happens? And there's all these questions. And then at the same time, I was like, well, I have to turn this into something strategic for my business because yeah, I'm growing a, a platform. I'm growing a, a page, but like this isn't translating to dollars necessarily. Um, and so I got, I just went down the business rabbit hole and, and, you know, talked to the people I needed to, some of the people I needed to talk to at the time and ask the right questions. And, you know, that, kind of really was the catalyst and the spark that got me into, you know, starting where I am today. But from that standpoint, like it wasn't, and I think the most looking back on it now, I think the most ironic part was the thing that got me to where I am today wasn't the following. It was what the following made me do that in return led me to this point, because you can look at my, like, I don't do a, a phenomenal job. I, I think I do a great job of putting out good content because I try really hard at it um, and things with value, but I don't do a good job at playing social media games anymore, um, which is why that page, you know, fall, it's losing followers by the week. It's losing, you know, engagement or whatever it's lo- like compared to what it used to be. But within that though, I, I'm gaining even, I think, more quality people who are asking better questions. And I'm, I'm actually finally building the platform that I'd want to build. Hmm. And I think like, it's like, that's a thing, right? Like, it's like, you don't need to have a million followers. Like you probably need to have 200 people that are really invested in your company. Like that really love your stuff. And it's like, um, we almost went backwards, man. Like we, we, um, like I, I didn't do social media at all until a year ago. And we had a company that did pretty well like until that point like um you know we, we were in a really good position um and we've like this year like honestly in january we we, we took the plunge and started kind of really putting effort in and it works because like we can see our followers going up but there's almost like it's, a, it's an interesting topic because we just released a, a podcast last week we did like a mini series called steel on the walls um and it's kind of more focusing on um the defensive strategy in business, like the thing that nobody focuses on is like, you know, cash flow, intelligence, um, and branding. So like, these are kind of the things that everybody forgets about. Like people jump straight to marketing or like nobody really has a, a, a you know, a correct cash flow system and, and nobody tracks metrics. But the thing that was kind of really interesting was the metric side. It's like, well, you know, what you said to me before was the correlation between, well, you weren't, you know, the, the, the followers weren't equaling dollars. And it's like, cause the followers isn't the critical driver. Like it's, it's probably the next metric beyond that. It's like, it could be like maybe email subscribers or podcast downloads or 
um, you know, like whatever they're, they're, you know, whatever you're hemming in on at the moment, like, you know, for us at the moment, we're looking at um, resource downloads, right, on our, um, on our, on our website, because we know if we're getting um, people downloading our resources, then um, our free resources, then we're, we're, we're getting, you know, some of the stuff that we want in the hands of the right people. And, and then, you know, that's, that's like almost a doorway, right? So it's kind of like, I think that's the important fact, especially just from a business perspective, like, it's kind of like, well, you know, what are the critical drivers that you know, um, not not just that are going to grow your business, but like that are going to allow you to make the impact you want to make? Like, I think that's like, you know, it's hard because it's like, I, I love business, but I also love the fact that the stuff we're putting out, like we've got one resource that downloads a hundred times more than any other. And it's like, because it's actually a great resource. Like that's people getting like, this, this resource could completely turn someone's life around in like and it's it's free it's downloadable it's digestible in seven minutes it's like do you know what i mean like that's the cool thing and i think like that's why it's it's looking at some of these critical drivers and like i just think there's a big disconnection between like what people perceive a following does compared to what it actually does and it's like that for that that drives people chasing this phantom like you know again like everybody wants to be the guy running the seminar um mm. because they believe it's the thing that gets them the following and then that following guarantees success or x amount of money and it's like i just feel like people are chasing the wrong thing like a lot of the time because it's like it's this it be, like you said it becomes this anxiety fueled self fish endeavor where it's like and i don't mean selfish in terms of like a it's an it's an unconscious thing it's like people are so worried about themselves in self-validating yeah self-fulfilling thing yeah egotistical driven higher sense of self inflated sense of self a lot of times 100 percent, and it's kind of like you know that like i mean honestly we we kind of we've had nearly a hundred people go through our program total and it's a 12 month program. Um, the one thing that I notice, right. And, and this is the thing is like, there's like this tipping point where in business and I think everybody goes through it where you realize that there's more to this whole thing than you as an individual, like than me, like I remember there was this point that's like, fuck, like, and I think it's the point when you actually realize what the impact you can make because like any fear or emotion um, that you feel uh, uh, when trying to achieve something is usually the consequence of uh, being lost in thought. Like the, you know, Sam Harris talks about this stuff, but it's like this kind of um, lack of consciousness, right? Where, you know, you're spending more time worrying about the thought of something or dwelling on the past that it actually takes away from your ability to spend more time in the present moment. Um, but we actually got to look at like, okay, well, most of the time, like you said, it's this egotistical or the ego is driving the, the, the mechanism of being lost in thought, which actually stops you from spending time in the present moment, which is this where business and what you are doing is actually being made more about you than the people you're serving. And it's really interesting because you know, last night I was listening to Craig Harper talk and he talked about like most people – the thing that actually drives fear and emotion is the story that you tell yourself, which is based on every single moment that has led to where you are right now. 
and then that's when this you know you obviously once you get this the cognitive um response which is the um uh you know this is where you get the emotional response and then you get the cognitive response and then you get the physiological response and then you're doomed right and it's like it's really interesting because this is almost what happens to people like you know because what their endeavor in business is about recognition and is about the following then all of a sudden the the recognition becomes more important than the serving of others. And that's where we can really start to go down this rabbit hole of fear and anxiety. And most people who go through this because they're so worried about their recognition, they're not actually doing the thing that's going to get them any recognition, right? They're, because it's so fear driven. It's like, well, think about it. Like the amount of people that you talk to and they're like, oh, I just, I'm scared to put content out or I'm scared to do this. And it's like, yeah, that's because you're making this content about you. It's like, for me, there was a point where, I realized that what I was doing had nothing to do with me and everything to do with the people I was serving. And then all of a sudden fear diminished. Like I was okay with talking about what I wanted to talk about because one, I, I know I've studied it. I know I've, I've learned it and I've understood it. Um, but two, like it's not, I'm not, I'm not relaying this information because it's going to be, you know, because I need recognition. I'm doing this because there's people here that are actually wanting to learn from me. Yeah, I, I that that's what that was a big pivot point for me, um, a big switch in my brain of, or just my mindset towards all of it. Um, you know, I kind of so it, the first switch for me was going from being recognized. Uh, more so for my physique, uh, because I grew that the following that I originally had based off my physique and my competing career and the success I had early on with that. And then, you know, I, I grew the following from that, the exercise execution series I did, uh, in 2017 for that year that I, I kind of grew that amassed that following essentially. Um, and then there was just this switch. Like it, it was insane where, cause I wasn't afraid to put out content, but the content was still about it. I can't deny the content was still about me during that time because it was like, well, this video got, okay. This video got 50,000 views. All right. This one got a hundred thousand views. Wow. This lap pulled on video got a million views. Okay. Wow. All right. And it's just, it was about that. But to the same sense, there was still, I think the reason that I was, it was so fueled as well, and I wasn't completely just drilling myself into the ground as someone who has self-awareness, I think was, there was still a large component of, I was just being honest. I was just saying what needed to be said. I was just trying to teach. And the more that that came through the easier it got just to like let it flow and now that pivot you know in my mind it, you know i don't there's depending on who you talk to obviously in their motives and a lot of their psychosocial behavior and a lot of what their ego is telling them to do and requiring of them to to allow that cyclical detrimental feedback system to keep working is you know, you have to have posts that are educational. You have to have posts that just get the likes. You have mm. to have posts. And it's just like, nope, you don't. 
you, you need content that is valuable. You need content that speaks to who you're trying to speak to. And you need content that is put out in the world in, a, in, a, in an unselfish way. And it's purely there for that person to digest it and become better because of it. And that's, again, like what you keep touching on and, and what you do so well is like, that's what does it. That's what builds a business. And are you in this? And that's what I, that was the question I had to ask myself was, are you in this? Cause like, I don't want to be the guy. I just had this, con- I had this conversation with Lyndon Purcell recently mm. on my podcast. I need to listen to that. I message, I messaged him and said like, that's the one I'm looking forward to. Cause they seem like yeah. for me, like these conversations, like these are the ones I love having. Like, as I said, for me talking about business is like, I know this stuff, man. Like I, business is like, I can talk fluent business and it's like, it's easy for me, but you know, it's the, it's the conversations that look beyond the surface a little bit that I really enjoy. So that's one I'll definitely be listening to. Yeah. I had a, I had a lot of fun uh, recording it with them. It was a great conversation. We just kind of flowed with it. And you know, that's, that's what my podcast is really about is kind of just like, you know, I just press record and it's just like, mm. meeting, you know, we're just meeting and here we are. It's like, we get grabbing coffee and it's like, what's up, dude. And you just sit down and start chatting about, mm. you know, God knows what, you know, sometimes it's, it's deep. Sometimes it's just, you get, you know, you get there eventually. And sometimes it's like, well, he just talks about nonsense for an hour. That's it is what it is. Um, <laughs> yeah. but you know, obviously I try to guide it in the right direction, but anyways, what, what Lynn and I were talking about was, you know, just admiring, uh, admiring, you know, someone we all respect and that's, that's Luke Tollick and Lennon brought up a great point and I really resonated with it in the sense of like, Luke is who he is because he doesn't want to be the guy. He's not striving to be the guy. And that's really how his communication style and delivery uh, and his approachability is just, I think, so mastered in that, that realm. Obviously, we can all improve, but it, just, it, it happens so effortlessly for him. I feel like maybe it's not, maybe I'm misspeaking there, but... Um, that's kind of where things kind of pivoted for me was like, look, I don't want to be the guy anyways. So why am I feeling being the guy for little to no return for my true self and what I truly want? And as soon as things switched over to, well, what do I need to do for business? What do I need to do for self-fulfillment? What, what do I need to do for actual impact and actually putting out stuff that, that helps people? Mm. Um, you know, and that's kind of where that pivot happened for me was, look, I don't care if I post up like some of the best videos, I think, obviously, um, there's that, always that weird correlation of like, man, this is a great video. I, it was a one take, which I was like, man, I got through this in one take and it was phenomenal. It's eight minutes of me basically putting like this dissertation out on, on a lat pull down or a neutral grip pull down for lats. And it's like, I just nailed it. And it's like, well, in return, that's going to be your least engaged with video. But <laughs> that's also going to be the video you get the most DMs about. That's going to be the video that people actually come back to and save and bookmark. Whether you got that initial thing you were chasing in terms of that, that feedback of en- like engagement that other people can now judge you on, you actually got something more fulfilling. And that's changing the narrative of what you expect and, and all disappointment it's, comes in that 
expectation, right? That gap of expectation. That's a great point, man. Yeah. So like we um like we we kind of brought on a social media manager um just because we we were always like we were kind of just gunslinging with it, but um and then we brought it brought um a social media manager and you know we were kind of looking and and like we were we were creating videos like we do these whiteboard sessions um on our business page and it's just like you know meant to be like quick business things and like every she's like to me three to five minutes and I'm like cool. 13 minutes <laughs> and I'm like, <laughs> yeah. anyway, I'm like, now nah, run with it, run with it. And anyway, we were kind of like, okay, so we looked at engagement, we looked at likes and it was kind of like, probably like, you know, down the bottom, but then we looked at saves and it was right at the top by an absolute country mile. And it was kind of like, well, there's something to this. Like, and it was, it was kind of interesting that we looked at that because it was like, you know, I think it had like, the most saves by like four to 40 or something like it was clear, a clear winner, but it was a 13 minute video, but it also had the um, least amount of views and the least amount of likes. And it was like, it's just wild to think it's like, you know, what are we actually trying to do here? Like, what's the gauge? What's the, the critical driver that we're trying to, you know, what are we, what are we aiming for out of all of this? And it's kind of like, you know, I think it's, it's such a good point because it's like one is impact. One is, egotistical recognition right like it's like do i really want everyone to like this or do i do i want the you know the the 60 to to 70 to 80 people to to save it and to really get something out of it like what am i actually going for here um yeah which i think long term like if you because like my goal with things obviously i just you know i told you before we you know maybe hopped on here i just sent in all my applications um for my masters and mm. keep you know continue pursuing that endeavor and that's kind of always been the goal. It's just, I got sidetracked or just live life really, not really sidetracked. It was, I needed gap year anyways. You know, I ended up taking four and a half, five years gap year, but it's one of those things where all of that has now led me up to a point with enough industry experience. And I'm so grateful I took that, you know, four or five years in between because, you know, as we were writing up, you know, my, my professional statement of intent and cover letters and resume, it's like without that four to five years in there, I am quite unimpressive from an academic standpoint. Mm. Like I did the job I needed to do to, to continue on with schooling, but for purely academic standpoint, just a very average person. But from my experience standpoint and things that I've, you know, can now hold a, very representative state or place on my resume and that uh, professional letter of intent and mm. um, cover letter are invaluable. And they're going to be, I'm hoping the reason, you know, I'm able to get into, uh, get into grad school, get a graduate assistant position um, and keep pursuing what I ultimately want. And that's just become a better teacher and become the best teacher that I can be and have that, that impact that I can have and, you know, that, whether, that, whether that's me in front of a, a lecture hall, maybe a university setting, you know, here within the next five to 10 years, alongside me, you know, co-hosting seminars and, uh, you know, running educational things. And, and you're right, man. Like, I don't care if there's 2,000 people who like something, if only one saves it, looks like only one person's coming to my seminar, man. Yeah. So, you know, someone's only one person was interested enough to click save 
really? Um, and then you just, you've seen like, in people listening, like you've seen how people engage with social media. Like you've seen 20, 30 year olds and younger, I guess, but you know, anywhere from 18 to 35 year olds engage with social media. It is a, how fast can I can scroll and double tap everything and get to see as much as I can in the shortest amount of time. Then I'm going to go through all the stories and do the same thing. And then before it's like this unconscious tick, it's like before I even recognize I'm on this platform, I've viewed 50 people's lives right now as they stand and as they're projecting them out into the world. And then I've watched 20 people's Instagram stories that are six slides long in a matter of 40, 30 minutes, 40, whatever it's been for you. And so that's so much input to take in, but also that's how people are consuming that content. And so if you're able to get, you know, 20, 40, 80, 100, whatever you're able to get in terms of people to sit down and to watch that video long enough to say, hey, I'm going to save this. This is valuable. That's what you're looking for when you create that content, essentially, 100%. from a metric standpoint. 100%. I think it's a critical driver. I think, like, you know, if we're actually looking at social media and um, even just from like what we were talking about before, like the difference between recognition and impact, like, that's probably the difference right there from a, so like if we're actually looking um, specifically at social media, um, I was going to ask you a question though, before I was going to say like how, cause it's, it's very interesting. And I think like, how do you, how much of a role do you think your education slash um, ability to look beyond the surface and kind of, introspect and um you said it as well self-awareness and and all these kind of um i guess concepts over here in this corner right play a role or have played a role in um the fulfillment of what you do and the growth of you well almost we could we could pencil all that in as your, your growth as an individual, but how much has that played a role in your ability to find fulfillment on the process or in the journey of business and, um, you know, your career? Cause I think like, yeah. I think that's what we're looking at here is that most people chase fulfillment, like unconsciously, like they're looking for happiness, like, and this is kind of like a bit of a different conversation, but happiness, fulfillment, like that's what, the, that's the feeling that people are really chasing whenever they set any type of goal, right? But like sometimes that's not all. That's not the the truth. Or like they're not what they're chasing isn't giving them this outcome. So like, how much do you think that your ability to introspect and and have self awareness and um you know anything in that realm has played in your ability to find fulfillment in what you do continuously? Yeah, that's a great question. I think it's. I think it's been invaluable and I think it's really up there. I, I think it'd be the, for, the the forefront leader of my ability to find fulfillment and, and happiness within what I've chosen to do. And I think it's my, the ability I've gained to detach myself from anything has been pretty instrumental in all of this because when I think one of the worst things to do is when you get caught up 
you know, you get caught up in that rat race. And I was reading, um, I recently just finished Michael Pollan's book, uh, how to change your mind. And, you know, it was kind of, it goes through when it's talking about more of the neuroscience chapter, it, it goes through the default mode network and mm. it goes through these centers, these, these places in the brain where, you know, the, the ego lives, the, the sense of self lives and where that's that rumination and the fear and anxiety of the future and based off of your past and potentially future self and, but everything ego and, and, and self lives, lives within there. And I think being able to, you know, one thing that they've found within the psychedelic world is allowing to dampen in the same, similar from a standpoint of meditation, if we mm. take it a little bit more relatable for most people, mm. um, is to dampen and quiet that center of the, that, that part of the brain that is so associated with the self and so associated and obsessed with the ego and, and the, the recognition. Um, and I think being able to dampen that, quiet that when I deem necessary, which is sometimes every day, um, if I'm being honest, it, it's been instrumental because if I'm overwhelmed or if I'm just like too wrapped up in what I'm doing or I'm too wrapped up and I've received an email that was just spiraling, you know, it was like, I thought all that was really good. And now I just received this one text, this one email, then this happened. And it's like, holy shit, what is going on? And it's insane how fast your life can, can be within abundance. And it's so, it's so interesting how fast it can also be ripped apart and torn apart um, piece by piece. And it doesn't matter. It doesn't care. No one cares, really. And ultimately, it's just up to you to manage those. Like we were talking about, it's, it's up to managing expectations and being able to, I found, detach myself from that whole process and from that whole getting trapped into the rumination of, Oh, this and that. What if I would have done that? Which I think is helpful in, in visiting that. You want to visit there, but you're not moving in. You haven't bought furniture. Like you well, don't have keys. I, yeah, I think the recognition yeah. is the most important thing. Like, or, or recognizing the fact that you are chasing the nut in a sense, or you are uh, getting lost. Right, and I think because again, this is why the skill of mindfulness for me is the the most important skill for anybody to learn. Um, you know, mindfulness isn't this, as kind of Jordan Shallow would say, this Instagram model posting for the sake of it, right? It's yeah. like mindfulness is an actual skill that you can learn uh, through meditation, um, you know, um, and, and kind of, you know, if you're doing that type of meditation. But the thing that it is, the reason it's so important, and I'm going to quote Sam Harris here because I think he, he kind of, he articulates it, articulates it in a way that is very understandable. Like mindfulness helps you break the spell. Um, and that, that spell is, is you kind of um, being lost and without it, you know, this is where, you know, I, I often say to a, few, a lot of our guys is like fulfillment can be, you can feel fulfillment one day and not have it the next. And this is why it's, it's, it's a continuation of putting in the work on yourself, introspection, um, 
and and kind of you know learning more about yourself you know um experiencing more of consciousness and um you know understanding metacognition and and what's gotten you to where you are why are you telling yourself this story um and spending time trying to understand that because you know as i said and i think this kind of talks about neuroplasticity like you know neuroplasticity and what i said there is fulfillment can be here one day and not the next and it's like well we've got to understand why it comes and why it why it gets taken away from us and a lot of the time it's because our brain develops no matter what we don't get a choice in that process so how it develops is up to us and 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 whether or not we can detach from the self and recognize the ego um is a direct correlator to that fulfillment like it's like because again the only time you don't feel fulfilled is when you're lost in thought about what's going wrong like it's only ever the thought of something that takes that fulfillment away right whether that's something that's happened in the past or something you're worried about in the future the reality is is the only thing that steals fulfillment from you is if you're surrendering fulfillment to a future time right if you're surrendering your happiness to a future time it's like well you know, I, I think that this is the missing link, right? And and this is from a business perspective. Like, you know, I really want to, that's what I want to give to people as a gift is like, I want to, I want to teach people how to do this because, you know, as a small business owner, you're always the limiting factor, right? So unless you can, um, you can, you can practice this stuff and you can get, you know, and because otherwise every decision you make is from a point of fear and anxiety. Right. And that's not your most creative and innovative self. Like, you know, that's me and you could both probably say right here, you know, that when we are the most at one with ourselves and where, you know, we're the most uh, introspective, that's when we have our most uh, intuitive and creative ideas. And it's like, you know, if this is almost like a, I look at what Warren Buffett says, you know, like Warren Buffett talks about, um, like I don't know too much about the guy, right? But there's a quote that I love and he spends 80% of his day reading and mm-hmm. thinking, right? Because- The way he invests too. I mean, yeah. he invests 80% of his wealth into 20% of the, 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 the companies or whatever. Yeah, 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 100%. But it's kind of like, um, you know, the, the, the thing I love about that is the whole thing is that when he's thinking and reading, he's not making decisions, Whereas most people, we think about if you're working from fear and anxiety, you're making so many decisions. (laughs) Like, you know, like, you know, the reality is if that you had a choice between making four decisions and 52 per day, like there's a better chance of you getting those four decisions right compared to the 52. Like the the percentage rate of, you know, um, accurate decisions, if that's what you want to call it, like there's a big difference there. And it's like, well, that almost, I, I, I don't know why, but I correlate that and, and connect it to almost what we're talking about here with like a, a mindfulness and a consciousness and metacognition. And this whole realm is because it, it's like, that's a lot of what you're doing, right? It's like, if you're spending more time with yourself and, and kind of with your own mind, then you're learning so much about it. And then that is what enhances you to change your trajectory in the next moment. Yeah. I I'm right there with you, man. I, I think within that same principle, I, I, and I can put myself in that position, you know, like I, you know, when I get lost in the mornings and in terms of like lost in a book, you know, like if I just start reading and I don't have any 
calls or podcasts, I, I, I'll put off my work. I'll put off my emails and I just read. Like I've just, I love just to be able to, let me, let's just see where this day takes me and let's see where this, or this book takes me. And mm. you know, wherever I feel like stopping, I will. And I, I think it's important for me to have those days where, you know, on my calendar, it, it's at 8 a.m. sharp, it's like client emails. But today, uh, eight o'clock hit, or I didn't know eight o'clock hit because I didn't set an alarm. And so I started reading at 7.30 and it may be 9.30 until I look up. And it's like, I just basically just took an hour and a half of my, basically what all I would have been doing is making decisions and dealing with other people's problems and headaches and trying to troubleshoot and problem solve for an hour and a half. But instead, I read something that was stimulating that allowed me to not make any decisions and allowed me to, to quiet and dampen that, that, you know, that part of the mind that we were kind of talking about here. And I wasn't thinking about my past. I wasn't thinking about my future. I wasn't, I wasn't measuring up my successes or my failures with anyone else's successes or failures. Mm. I wasn't, I wasn't being, I wasn't obsessing over positioning. And while myself compared to this person, I'm here, but myself compared to this person, I'm here. So, okay. Where does that put me? It's like, you're one, you're missing, you're missing everything that has to do with all of this, but that happens. And that's, that's, that's in there. And I think the beauty of what that kind of bringing that part of things, you know, bringing that to the conversation, that subject matter of, you know, Warren Buffett spending 80% of his day reading, you know, obviously that's a huge luxury. And for those listening, like, <laughs> don't think you have to do that as far as like, but even, you know, what if that could be 30%? What if that could be 40%? And let's say most days it's, you know, if I could have a day that's some of my most productive days are the days that I got lost in the morning with reading, then we'll go for a walk. I'm not thinking about anything there. And then I get back and that window of time that I gave myself four hours to answer client emails is now down to an hour and a half, but I get the work done. And so it's like, I would have, I would have taken that whole time regardless, but yeah. It's interesting because I think like, I almost think of, um, you got to make it the goal. Like, cause again, you got to think about the way humans work. Like a lot of us just attach, we get attached to hard work. Like we get attached to the grind and it's like, you know, I, I try to teach my guys. They're like, like, I think the way most people think, especially if you're running a business is that hard work gets you to where you are, but it's not necessarily what's going to get you to where you need to be. Right. And it's like, yeah. cause again, this is the judgment thing. Like, you know, judgment, it has more to do with growth than what um, hard work does. So it's like, what's the consequence or the byproduct more of spending more time reading, right? Like the reality is, is that you've got to figure out a way to get just as much done in less time. And there seems to be a scientific principle there that runs across all the different sciences, like that it's the best possible, uh, formula maybe is that the right word is minimum dose maximum return like but like that's that's almost what you're looking for from a 
a business standpoint as well is like how can i find greater leverage more mechanical advantage in life from getting from having uh, minimal input for maximal return because then it's like i was saying this other day like the only thing that makes you say in bolt the best runner in the world is because his 100% is mechanically better than anybody else's right so like let's look at that from a business standpoint like if i can find the greatest mechanical advantage that i can that means less resistance and that means that my 100% work ethic gets me more uh, than than what it did 2 years ago right and i think that's an important factor for many business owners to understand is that what we're trying to do from a business standpoint, and this is not this is something that our industry doesn't do because a lot of people that own a business in our industry are singular business owners. So finding mechanical advantage is extremely hard because we sell our time for money. Yeah. I think you nailed it, man. I like I like that. Yeah. I that uh I like the the cross between um or the the bridge there with biomechanics and I thought that was a that was well, a good the, way to put that. Yeah, well, the, the thing that, honestly, man, this, this, this derived from sitting in front of Jordan Shallow and watching him present because it's like, you know, what I, I the first time I was like, fuck, don't even understand what he's saying. Second time I'm like, okay, now I'm getting it. Third time I'm like, well, mechanics has exists outside of the human body. Physics. What's physics? I mean, it's physics. Yeah, physics. Yeah, yeah physics. You know, like physics. This is kind of like, and that's when it made me tick in my head. I'm like, I went beautiful mind, and like the next day, and I was like, fuck, like there's something to this. I'm telling you, and it's like, yeah, I'm not going to get into it now because I still haven't, I still haven't nailed it, right? Like I don't, I, yeah. I'm, I'm, I'm talking sub. Yeah, like it's kind of like I don't want to get into something and and kind of because I'll go into a rabbit hole and I'll probably not have all the facts, but. There's something there, and I think it's this this trying to get a maximal return on a minimal dose should be the goal of everyone. And, and, you know, just from a business perspective, the thing that can get you that is just where you prioritize your time. Like, don't be busy. Like, be productive. And, and you know, like doing that doesn't mean just attaching yourself to hard work. It's quite the opposite. Yeah, and I, I think using the principle of minimizing inputs and, and maximizing outputs is, you know, I, I've sp- spoken on that pretty um, extensively on, on my podcast and kind of when talking about uh, introspection or self-reflection and is to, you know, try your best to, you know, even like the, the, the act of sitting in silence, the act of, or sitting in, well, sitting in silence itself, especially for some is probably one of the hardest things you could possibly do. Like, if you don't, and you're listening to this and you haven't sit and like actually experienced this, if you're home alone or, or you know, you're there with someone, be sure that they're not in the room um, or making any noise, but just try and sit there for even 10 minutes. And for some of you, this is going to be the hardest thing you've ever had to do in your whole life. And, but it's, it's wild once you get past that hump and once you can kind of, and this is kind of also the where that bridge and that connection happens that that emergence that happens with uh, mindfulness and within a meditation practice is you can get there faster in the sense of instead of out of that 10 minutes 
it wasn't until the eight minute mark or the nine minute mark that you actually started to have some output come out. You're like, oh, this is all right. This is kind of cool. Mm-hmm. Um, I'm having some ideas. And then your timer goes off. And you're like, oh, I guess that's it. You know, as you uh, dig deeper and dive deeper into to meditation and become more mindful and you're able to, to kind of quiet down a bit sooner. Um, you know, like if I have a free five minutes, whatever it is, like, I mean, my wife always asks me like, are you okay? And I'm just, <laughs> yeah. I'll like pick a tile up on the backsplash and I'm just like, I have intensity on it. Like I found a few minutes during when we're cooking or something or whenever it is and I'll just lock in and it's a matter of like, I'm there. I'm like, I've dampened it. I'm quiet. My mind is quiet. I'm not, the inputs are non-existent and I just want to see what comes out. Like, what's coming out what's what's coming out as far as questions what's coming out as far as concerns what's coming out as far as as judgments um but being able like i said it's important and one of the most instrumental things to to still go off your question you asked me was detachment from those thoughts because those thoughts are going to happen and i think the the misunderstanding people have with meditation in in finding a sense of mindfulness is not only like even some of the smartest people I've ever met misunder you know that could understand the the, the neuroscience behind it well at least consider they know the neuroscience behind it they'll still say like well they just want you to to not think about anything it's like well first that's wrong and two does it do you, do you listen to Naval podcast do you ever um, Naval that the investor from the Silicon Valley. I don't think I have, no. So, man, he, he's like this fucking, he's just like rich billionaire invested in, and I was listening to him talk on a podcast and he started talking about it and I was like, he said the exact same thing and I was kind of like, dude, like, I get you're fucking smart but like, you know, this is not like your wheelhouse and you shouldn't be like just talking about it that way like i i mean i, yeah. I, I this is me kind of like like yeah, i was like fuck you man but like nah dare you. yeah 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 but like yeah. no nah, because i understand what you're saying man like um because yeah. man i like the one of the but i went on a seven day silent retreat um i've never done that i want to um and it was like fuck one of the most amazing experiences of my life because i got taught some of the the greatest lessons i'll ever be taught in my life from an introspective standpoint on that silent retreat. Um, but you know, I was meditating for nearly three to four hours a day, yoga. Um, and then the rest of time was a little bit of reading and then just silence, like in the jungle, you know, that's where I was. Um, but you're, you know, there's a, I I mean, I'm, I'm so far from that, that state, you know, like I, I feel like I, I had an out, like I had like a, uh, as kind of like, there was a point there. Where I was like, I reckon it was about 30 seconds, lost all sense. And it was just like, like, and I just started crying, man. Like it was crazy. Um, but it's like, it's so true because, and, and the meditation thing is like, you know, there's a, a really good kind of, if anyone's got Sam Harris's app, I like it. I've probably mentioned him three or four times, but he's got a, a little lesson in there called don't meditate because it's good for you. Mm-hmm. Um, and that's the, that's where the, the, like there's that, that's where the disconnect lies. Like most people sit down and meditate because they want an outcome when yeah. 
the process of meditation is to become outcomeless. It's to sit there with They're not, using like, that as the means to their end when in, yeah. in fact there is no there is no means or there is no end. There's still yeah. like the, you know, there's only the process, not the outcome. Yeah. Yeah. Well it's like and you and you're definitely right. Like and I think that the, the big challenge that everybody faces and the, the beautiful thing about meditation is that when you can find peace in sitting there, um with nothing and and that and the, you know if that was it for the rest of your life like that's that's almost where the you'll start to to see the positive effects that meditation brings not that that is the outcome but the positive effects outside of the meditation is is that's where you can start to see it because you're right like most people never make it through the noise yeah like it's like because then then the noise will never stop if you're chasing um, also yeah. if there's only inputs coming in and there's, there's only so much bandwidth, right? So it's, I look at it more of like a, how I relate it back to, to myself and how I kind of think about it is a sense of bandwidth. And, you know, if I have a, which I don't, there is a sense I think where you'd have a finite amount of bandwidth, obviously there's a continuum and there's a range depending on health status, nutritional status, sleep mm. status, like overall, you know, how you're treating your mind and how well lubricated and resilient is your, is your brain and your mind. But you know, I think there's a, there's a, there has to be some sort of continuum of finite resource you have in terms of bandwidth, things that you can truly give effort towards a certain amount of inputs um, and, and produce quality enough outputs that, that they would index a return but at least a return that's worth anything or that you're, you're shooting for. And so in my mind, it's how often can I shut off? How often can I shut off the inputs from the rest of the world? And sometimes it's a matter of shutting off all inputs, but a lot of times it has little to do with shutting off all inputs as much as it does shutting off the inputs that don't matter, that aren't contributing. And that's, Typically, the social for me, it's the social media noise. So if I've been scrolling all day, you know, if I get caught in this loop where I'm just like down a rabbit hole and I, just, I look up and it's been an hour, I didn't take any journeys there. I didn't go anywhere in my mind other than, and it wasn't even a rewarding presence. I wasn't even present. I was just mindless. And just to finish that point, like when you know, if I would have spent that hour reading where, you know, whether it was reading on a textbook or reading on a topic or reading in, into some research that I've, I've saved or just reading a book, like that's allowing me productive input to produce a, a productive output that is contributing, you know, to the end goal, the, 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 the ultimate reward of what I'm really searching for. And that's, you know, maybe the impact or, um, putting out a piece of content or building my towards a future that I want to create within education or teaching or understanding a subject matter better or whatever. But Con the, the conceptual lens playing its role, right? Like, you know, the, the intuitive mind, the, the kind of um, the knowingness of being on the path to the, the goal. Um, but also the, the, at the same time, the exact same time, the, the, the gathering of information that plays a role in the next uh, output that, that is actually going to be um, produced, if that makes sense. Like I think it's um, 
consciousness is a, is is not just perceiving and knowing it's perceiving and knowing and knowing you know and that's a, a cool concept because it talks about the how the right side of the brain the the kind of intuitive mind the the conceptual lens can um can you know the can um you know like while reading a book right it's like you're 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 having this input but at the same time the output is out is is happening as well where you're you're connecting the dots inside your head and that's really really cool um you know and, and on your other point you know i feel like once you reach a certain level of consciousness or self-awareness you can you know especially like for me i know and i, I recently had to do this because i'm investing in shares at the moment um you know i've i've we're, we're kind of pushing the hammer with business and it's like my phone's next to my bed and and like i i know that the wrong thing to do is to first as soon as i wake up go and grab that phone but fuck for some reason it still happens some days and it's like you know and and then i have this resistance this this kind of like thing inside me that knows it's wrong or knows it's not in alignment with what i want to be what i want to do today or who i want to be and I know the consequences that are going to come from that. And I'm like, and I can feel it like it's, fr- and it's this frustration. And then, you know, the only way to pull myself out of that is to really um, practice mindfulness and to, to kind of, you know, I, I always have to sit down and meditate. So now what do I do is like, I'm like, you know, and I did this, we moved house. And, and for some reason, when we moved house, I stopped doing it. But, you know, now that the, the phone sits out of the room, you know, it's, it's, it's outside of the room and, and, you know, you can just, you can like the way my brain actually works and how well I can, you know, how productive I am during the day directly sits on what that first 30 minutes is like, like, do I wake up and chase the nut straight away or am I, am I living on my own terms? And I think like, it's, it's, it's weird how it's just, it can literally be dictated by one's one decision. And I think yeah. there's that, 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 you know, the, there's that, that quote where it's like, you've got this gap between stimulus and response and you can, if you can spend more time there and it's like, I, I literally think about that and like I can conceptualize mindfulness happening in that gap and that's where I try to spend more time. And by doing that, I can choose my own trajectory, which I think is, is truly a, a liberating feeling. Yeah. One thing I, I agree with you there and I have a similar, like, you know, my phone usually, I, I very much practice out of sight, out of mind. Um, and I'll, there's little, these little nooks in my desk and I'm reaching for it right now, but like, here's my phone and there's this little nook, but like it rests in there and I have a black case, it's a black phone. It kind of live, you know, it lives in the darkness. And unless I like think of it or it's like a, 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 something pops in my mind or I need my phone, I don't think about it. It's out of sight, out of mind. But then there's that, like you mentioned, like in between that stimulus and response, there's that moment of time where if you have enough self-awareness and you can tap into this, it's a resource that is so valuable because you're so structured, like the, that, that pathway that just leads to, as soon as you pick up your phone, you can feel where it's at, you'll flip it and turn it, you know, do all these things really quickly, look at it, unlock it, you'll swipe your thumb and click exactly without even looking at your phone, exactly where those apps live and also where your DMs live. And so without looking at my phone, I could open my phone, open Instagram, open DMs and answer 
probably cl- close to co- coherently answer someone's DM. Obviously, I wouldn't know what they fucking asked, but <laughs> I could, I'd still be able to t- type something, right? Mm. Um, all without even looking at my phone. And it's insane how hardwired that is. But there's that moment of time within that. And I think strategies what the you can fuck am I doing? <laughs> yeah, it's like, no, 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 hold up, hold up. What the fuck is actually going on? And there's that moment. And I think that, you know, there's strategies here that you can implement. And one thing that I do, I try and do often is I move that app around. So I have to actively search for the mm. app. And that's, there's enough time in between that stimulus and response where I'm searching for the app that I'm like, you know, I don't need to be on it. Like, mm. I, why am I doing this? And, you know, some days I could use a little bit longer gap. And some days I'm like on it. I'm like, nope. And I, then some other days, like out of sight, out of mind, I, you know, my phone could, I could wake up with my phone on 1% or 2%. And by the end of the day, it's on 1%. Like I didn't even look at it. Mm. Um, and what a blessing those days are. Yeah. But, you know, some days it's just, it's not the case, right? Like running an online business, you got to, there's a lot of times you got to look at your phone and you got to be on social and you got to do what you got to do. But. Yeah, I think like it just talks to, you know, the, it's hard because like, you know, reality kind of says that structure is good, but then it's like, you know, some of my best days is when I have none. Um, you know, when I went on that silent retreat, man, like that was no phone, no, no blue light at all for seven days. Didn't talk to anyone. How was that? No blue light. I, I just can't, I can't even. Can't oh man, I was going to, I was falling asleep at like 7.30 at night and waking up at like 3.30, 4.00. Yeah. A million bucks like every That's morning amazing. like honestly man it was one of the like like there was there's there's so much to it from like a scientific standpoint that was like i was just by the time i left there man i was peaking <laughs> like like yeah. it's just like but the other side of it as well man was like just the the places my mind went and the the just the awareness and the conceptual um, the, the kind of way I was conceptualizing things was just amazing. Like, I think it's the, the true potential of what your mind can do was like, it was in that moment, you know, like there's different meditations, like labyrinth walking meditations where, you know, you're, you're picking up a rock prior to the walk. That rock has a word on it. You pick the word. Now, obviously it's not, picked by chance like there's a word that connects with you based on the subconscious you know and and like you know you you end up with the 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 one that you need more the most clarity on because your subconscious recognizes it um and and then you know like i just remember walking man and doing this walking meditation and like fuck like it was just wild like there was one of like as i said there was a point where I don't know. It's hard to explain, man, but it's like no senses, but a knowingness of that. Like it was like, you know, I, there's sometimes that like, I, it doesn't happen regularly, but during meditation where I can get to this heightened place. Um, and, and this was the, the pinnacle, if that makes sense. And afterwards it was a, as like just absolutely crying because i had seen i had it was this it was this integration of clarity on literally my life (laughs) with a a heightened um 
or a, a kind of the, the most heightened level of consciousness that I had, I had reached formed this senseless experience, but a knowingness of being in that then and and this is the this is the thing with silent retreat right like you you you're forced to spend time with your own thoughts and with yourself so you can't run like and that's both ways so for the first four days i was on the way up but there was a massive fall you know where you know i so the lesson i got taught was that or the way it was taught to me was the rock I picked up was patience and I think that'd be my rock and like, you know, in being in, in business, like, you know, honestly, man, like the thing that come to me was, was patience and, and it showed me, it showed me like the thing that come to my head was the key to constant joy is unconditional patience like if you actually think about that as a as a kind of like a, a sentence and what it means is that you you know you, if you're unconditionally patient then you can never really be um robbed of your joy um and it was the kind expectations of lost like, pardon the expectation of of exactly. what's expected out of that is lost like once you've lost that you know think of like the that gap period or the the result of that stimulus response relationship i think there's an equal relationship within that expectation and sense of fulfillment and happiness um mm. because the the less expectations i've placed on myself or on my the outcomes of certain thing uh, projects or relationship whatever it is um you know that unconditional patience i think it removes the ego from the from the from the decision making process, right? Yeah, it's kind of yeah. like because you know I, I I fell into a trap where I thought bigger was always better, um, especially from a business standpoint. And you know, for me, that was like one of the big learnings was, but it was also coming at the cost of things that you know maybe it shouldn't be coming at the cost of. Like I hadn't seen my grandma in three or four months, and there was just like all this like and 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 the problem was was during that period or that day um of the i i had that that concept come you know into my conscious awareness um it was beautiful the next day i meditated in the morning for an hour um and we're doing a group meditation and it was fucking amazing like it was just like boom right and it was like so and i was just like I'm untouchable. And and I hadn't realized at this point that I like there was only the concept at that point. There wasn't a connection into my into my life, but it was the next day I was doing a meditation and somebody was doing it. We were doing a guided meditation and this was someone who um she was making it really like uh what's the word like really religious right and and like mm. overly religious um and and again like there's n- i don't have any judgment towards that but because i had been in these heightened states and my meditations were like just you know i don't even know what the word is but it's like boom and then all of a sudden i had this that was frustrating me 
And it was not until after the meditation that I realized I'm like, you selfish motherfucker. I'm like, you're missing the point. Like you got taught this lesson last night and you're on this high thing. And then, you know, um, and then it's like, well, you're not being patient at all. Like you're missing the point here. Right. And it's like, and then, and then like, think about it, man, I've been in silence for five days. So like, this is the whole point. It's like now, now, as soon as that man, that negative experience or that negative perception of the experience, it was like, you fucking selfish prick. And then it was like, you're doing this, you're doing this. And it's like, you haven't seen your grandma in four months yet. You, you know, you, 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 you know, you, you work 14 hours a day and, and don't spend time with your partner. And it was like, all of these, all of a sudden I couldn't stop. Like I couldn't stop. And I drove my, and I just started crying and I reckon I cried for three hours. And it was like, because it was boom. But then I realized, and there was a point I was sitting on this ledge looking out over like this, this river in the jungle. There's like fireflies everywhere. And I just remember sitting there and going, you got shown the lesson yesterday, but you got taught it today. And it was like, now I learn. And it's like, it was this, I went from like this extremely upset person to just this person who was liberated by this whole process. Um, and it was like, cause I had, I had, I had gained clarity on this and it was, it was fucking a surreal experience, man. Like it was, I, I recommend it to anyone. Like I, I went and I went into it open. I didn't know what to expect. I just, you know, I spent a lot of time, um, on my own and, and it was, it was truly amazing to just see the clarity that come. And even though I only got taught this really one lesson, you know, I journaled and a lot of stuff that would come like, I mean, I could have wrote a book while I was there. Like, that's how I felt like just that clarity and, and these kind of things, but it was truly amazing. And it was, it was an, it was a really great experience, but I think it more than ever, it just showed me that, that, you know, you can, I, I could, you could, it, it truly showed me that life could be very simple. Um, man, extremely good. simple. And, um, honestly, man, it was life changing for me. Yeah. We're privileged to, to, to be able to have that. Um, but I, I think even maybe privilege convolutes it. Um, you know, privilege gains option, which option breeds confusion on if I'm making the right decision. And, you know, I, I've in the, in the recent years and, you know, over the past two to three years, I've had so many options and it's such a blessing and, and, and such a curse at the same time. And that's where a lot of my, you know, anxieties have, have come from over the last few years among us, among a few other things. But honestly, the life was more simple when there weren't options like, and there, you know, there was a sense of realizing more isn't better in that regard. And Mm. when I was in, like, for example, like when I was in university and we were just kind of starting out our business and I was competing and like, I didn't really have any option though. Like every day was, you know, maybe wake up, do cardio or wake up, go to class, find it, you know, find time to walk around campus, do that homework assignment, go to class okay, go to class. All right. Here's three hours of just nothing but class. I can't think of anything other than what I'm doing right now. Cause I'm trying to, you know, you're trying to understand these concepts and I go to my, you know, part-time job and then I would train 
And then by the time all this happens, it's 10, 11 PM. And then I go home and I may have some work to do uh, for a university, or I may have some work to do on, on the, you know, the business we're trying to build. And then you go to bed and you wake up and do it all over again. And for me, like there weren't, there was no option. Mm-hmm. And, you know, after you after you graduate and you kind of enter, there's this period or you kind of enter the, you know, what's coined as the real world. Like, I think what's meant by that is real as in the optional world. Like you now have an option to engage. You have an option to decide what you do, you know, and especially if you're in, in the space that we're in, like if you're in the online space or you're, you're a personal trainer, or you're a coach of any you know, of any degree, like we have a lot of freedom on how we set our schedule and how we show up and the, the options or the participation we have towards those things uh, and the, the intensity that we bring each day to those things. But there's definitely a period of time where it was like, wow, I have all day to now I, I have all day not only to decide what I want to do, but I have this, you know, this email just came in. I, this got, I got this DM from this person. I got this opportunity from, you know, maybe co-founding this business or, okay, now I can go do the X, Y, and Z. And it's like, once all those things start to convolute your, what you've always known to be just your North star, your, well, this is what I do. This is, I wake up and do these things. But for me, a lot of anxieties came when that was no longer the case. I was doing those things, but I was also taking offers and I had the doors open for other things to other inputs to take up that bandwidth, um, which was stressful. And the privilege of that option sometimes can be crippling. Yeah. I think, um, the other side of the, the other side of the coin is, um, sometimes we don't realize that we have those decision points. Like, you know, I think if in retrospect, it's easy to kind of talk about it from that standpoint, but it's like in the moment, like, I think this is again, the talking about the spiritual journey is like, you know, we can become unconscious. The fact that we do have those decisions, like, again, we can, we can look to fill our day or we can look to choose and, and, you know, deeply think about what we want to engage with. Um, and then I think there's another point there that's extremely important is it's a judgment thing. So, you know, having great judgment around the decisions we do make, like I'm going to come back to the physics thing um, and, and power, power is a really strong word. I think it's a word that you know, we can obviously say is that there's a book called power versus force. Um, David Hawkins, one of the, it's probably my favorite book of all time. Um, truly amazing book about human behavior. But in saying that, he says power always overcomes force. Power is generated internally. Force is um, obviously externally. It's 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 um, created externally. But if you actually look at how power is measured in physics, um, it's distance over time. And that's that's a cool kind of concept. Is when we relate it back to judgment. Is that true or efficient and effective? accurate whatever the word is judgment gets you greater distance 
in less time, not hard work and attaching yourself to that. And I think it comes back to what we were talking about where good judgment comes from great thinking and great thinking comes from not chasing the nut. And I think that's a really important point for people to kind of understand is that life can be very simple. Why? Because you make less decisions. When you make less decisions, you're thinking more, you're more in, in a line with your, your mind and your values and your inner um, mode or, or kind of whatever that is, is that, you know, the, the reality is, is that I think there's something to be learned there. And I think it, I really do think it's one of the things that a lot of people miss um, including myself at times um, where we can, life can be simple and it can be as simple as making great decisions and great decisions lead for a, a, a larger exert of power um, and power is distance over time. And, and that's really how we start to, we see, we can see true and, and kind of the people reaching their full potential. Yeah. I, I like that use of power and cause I think power can also easily be used for, um, synonymously with, with position and positioning and hierarchical importance. Mm. And I, I really like that. And I think that's a great way to, to look at really anything, but specific to business and specific to, you know, what we do for a living and options we do have. And I, I think a lot of power and I, I think a lot of clarity that has come out of kind of go back to the the question you asked me about kind of the self-reflection and what that's brought i think as well like now that you've talked about you brought that concept up um and how simple things can be i i think that's the power in and of itself of i've gained a lot of clarity and in, in knowing there's options um you know in that, that is a double-edged sword. And I, I did, you know, the rabbit hole you kind of pulled me out of that I was going down there with like the, the, the options can, can cause overwhelm. But to the truest sense, options also, and I think more so if you're self-aware, options give you clarity because now I know, look, I, I have these things written down I've, I've had these goals written down. I know exactly what I want out of this. And I know I have options and I know I can show up who I need to show up as each and every day. And it is that simple. And am I showing up as the person I need to show up as, as the professional, as the, as the human, as, um, you know, as the emotion, like I, am I showing up each day as those, as those things? And it, that option in and of itself too is just that's the clarity because I think one of the best things that you know I think why so many people resonate with with someone like Gary V is because he's a guy that unapologetically just says fuck that you know like and I think that for people that don't know there are options and he speaks to a, a large demographic of folks who you know maybe don't come from a world of privilege and uh, a very well-off, you know, childhood experience or 
Hmm. They didn't have options. There were no options. It was, this is what we're, we're doing because this is life. And hmm. if not, we're out of this, we lose our house, we die. Like that's the option. And, and I, I grew up with people that that was the option. You know, I have family members that that was, that's it. And it wasn't until later in life that they actually realized like, oh, I do have options. This can be different. This can be a lot easier, you know? And that's where obviously people in those situations gain clarity within education and education and knowledge can, can create that power of option. And again, you more, make more effective decisions that index greater return. And um, yeah, I, I, I kind of just made that, I, I like that a lot because that just bridged a kind of a gap that was maybe missing a couple boards in the middle. Um, that, and now I can kind of walk over it back and forth and kind of live on both sides of it because option can create chaos, but option also can create clarity in exactly what you want. When you, once you realize you have the power over those options, it really can be quite simple. I think um, there's a term called, when you would know this is the path of least resistance. And um, for me, I actually got caught up talking about this and, and actually got tripped up on it. But um, previously, but you know, what I realized is the path release, the path of least resistance has less to do with ease and everything to do with fulfillment. And you only know what fulfills you by knowing what doesn't. Um, and this is this openness and willing the last few years. <laughs> Yeah, well, yeah. that's. I think that's the thing is that you know what we're what we're really talking about here is that decisions, whether right, whether they are the right decision or the wrong decision, and, and I think what what dictates that is alignment, is um, finding what fulfills you, um, and then finding what doesn't, and experiencing both unconditionally, and that allows you then to make better decisions in the future. And I think this is why as time goes by, we all gain wisdom and we all gain um, an understanding of what fulfills us the most. And if we can spend more time there and, you know, um, practice experiencing more of consciousness, collecting more of the data um, and, and, and truly experiencing the consequences, whether good or bad of our decisions, that's what really allows us to make greater decisions in alignment with what does fulfill us in the future. And I think that's the goal. Like that's the path and the goal um, at the at the same time. Yeah. It's interesting. It's it, definitely interesting stuff. Um, yeah, I want to say a big thanks, man, for for coming on the show. I didn't actually tell you, but we we started, and, and you know, you probably gathered, but we started this. Uh, yeah. um, I press the record button at a certain point when I'm like, okay, we're on. Um, yeah, but yeah, it's good, man. Cause I, I saw it off there, but yeah, the. Uh, the last couple of um, probably the last five, six, seven episodes have really been business orientated and, and it's been good to kind of jump on and, and have a chat about some of the stuff that I think really does matter. Um, but sometimes can get lost in, in the weeds or, um, you know, sometimes is, isn't always talked about. So, um, big thanks for coming on, man. Um, I'll, uh, I'll chuck your, your handles and your socials in the, in the notes. So anyone that wants to want to, wants to find you and, and check more of you out, they can. And, um, it was a cool episode. Yeah, man. I think just to build a little, just last minute on that, what you just said is it, it often gets lost in the weeds is through all my experience. And you could probably 
you know, echo this, it's also the most important because aligning with the trajectory you actually want to be on, again, it, it comes within that fulfillment and the tactics are, are empty without fulfillment. Like achievement is can, can be empty without fulfillment and, and alignment with what you were actually shooting for, you know? Um, I, I would argue that achievement is an achievement without fulfillment. So yeah. like that's, that's for, for me, for me, the main goal is fulfillment, like for anyone, like the feeling they're chasing is, a, is one of fulfillment. Um, so it's, it's, it should always be the goal and, you know, there's got to be a, like you said, it's, you said it's the most important thing. Um, I, I would say it's the only thing, um, because it's, you know, we talk about power. The only way you're going to have maximum output for minimum input is if it fulfills you and if it's truly in alignment. And I've got an article I'm going to send you that I wrote. No one's seen it yet. It's not really an article. It's, it, you'll like it, it. You'll enjoy it. But I'll, I'll send it to you um, and let me know what you think. But, yeah, it's very interesting stuff. And I think, you know, again, what you said initially and that last bit is is that, you know, it definitely, I definitely echo that. And I definitely think, you know, if there's a message to get out of this very episode, it's that, you know, finding fulfillment in what you do may not happen initially, but it will happen if you're paying attention. Um, and that should always be the goal. Actively, actively pay attention. Yeah, 100%. Thanks for coming on, man. Really, really appreciate it. Thanks so much.